All right, fire away. Often struggled. Um, any way to pinpoint where it was today? Well, I know that you guys hear what I just said in there. I mean, stats are for losers. I could sit there and tell you we're converted about 50% on third down. I could tell you DeAndre ran the ball, ran the ball really well. I could tell you we, we intended to run the ball a whole bunch of times and, you know, had, had moderate success. But, you know, our Achilles heel on offense, you know, is still making productive plays in a passing game. And that's, you know, that's at the end of the day what ended up costing us. Is it that fade, uh, uh, those attempts, is that a, a tough? It's one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, you always, when you have a tall wide receiver and you, you throw a one-on-one -on -one ball, that's, you know, you see it every Saturday, you see it every Sunday. <coughs> um, and, you know, John had a call where, depending on the coverage, that it, he would have gone to the three-receiver side, and based off of the coverage it went, it would brought him to the one receiver side and you know wasn't wasn't the best uh, opportunity in throw and catch there to, from from one from the angle I was at. Third quarter it seemed like great adjustments in the locker room and you came out pounding, pounding, pounding. Did you see something in the first half that, that made you think let's run it more? Well I mean the most important thing is, you know, it was a thirteen point game. You know, and you know, that's the first thing I had to drive into their head that fellas is a 13-point game, and we and we got the ball. I mean, all of a sudden, look at even uh, I'm not going to go the what ifs, but even that fade ball that to Nigel you talk about, you know, you throw a touchdown pass, it's 13 to seven. Now, now, all it takes is one play, one play, the difference between winning and losing. You know, we just didn't make the first play to get it to a one-score game. Yeah, you wouldn't talk about that. I mean, if it's, you, you said Tuesday, if we're in it at halftime, it's going to turn it up on them a little bit, and we'll be right where we want to be. Well, I thought, you know, and that's how I felt. And it wasn't because wasn't we didn't get it down into their end of the ter end of the field. God, I punted from the 40-yard, plus 40-yard line more times in this game than I have in my life. Okay, usually I'm coming in here and everyone's saying, well, how stupid I am for going for it on fourth down. But I played the game exactly the way we, we, comp, we, we designed it. Make them play on a long field as much as we possibly could, okay, and try to get onto a short field and see if we couldn't capitalize. The only problem, the only problem is we didn't, we didn't capitalize on offense. <coughs> the personal foul after that. It was on Nigel, and I, I believe from talking to Nigel it was deserved. You know, because the players usually don't lie to you. I didn't see it. I can I can tell you I saw it. I didn't see it. But you know, because he came to me to, you know, when a guy gets a personal foul, I usually have a couple of choice words for them. And I want to know who it was, and he goes, "It was me." You know. So then, they I couldn't at first they, I couldn't get a number from them, and then uh, when they came over later, you know, after the next stoppage of play. You know, they said the play was over, and he took a swing. I saw a bunch of those take a swings after the play's over in a game. But you know, when you get caught, you get caught. You know, that's just the way it goes. You said you, said you knew that those bubbles and short passes.
passes that Montel got last week weren't going to be there today. They, they obviously weren't too often. Do, do you think that hurt him? I mean, as far as not being able to find that rhythm like well, he did? Well, it hurts your completion percentage, you right. know, because now you're, you're throwing different styles of passes, you know. Sure. But uh, I think that, you know, I have to, I have to really see – you know, I have to see what happened when he was in the pocket, and I also have to see what happened when he was rolling out of the pocket. Because, you know, I could see people in the space, but I, I'd like to know how they got there. You know, and, and, and you know, you can't see all 11 guys, uh, how they get there. You you know where they are. You just don't know how, how matriculated. <coughs> That's what the tape's for. On their second quarter touchdown, you had an extended discussion with the referee. Yeah, because I felt that the, I, I felt, whether I'm right or wrong, I felt that our linebacker, who was going to make the play, um, I felt he got grabbed. Did they give you an explanation what they did? No, that was a one-sided conversation. You know, that that was me giving me giving my explanation. You know, because he wasn't going to say that was the case, but I could be wrong. You know. You know, that's what I thought from what I saw when the ball was bouncing out to their left, to our right. I thought it was, I think it was Courtney Ornick, but I'm not positive on that either. But, but the one guy who was out there to go make the play, I just felt. Now, maybe the guy didn't tug him at all. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But, you know, at the time, I was in getting an opportunity to let them know that I disagreed with them. With the passing game being so unproductive for so long, do you ever reach a point where just do something drastic like, okay, let's figure out a way to just run all the time? We did that two years ago. Yeah. And the, pro the problem with that is now when teams can just put, they used to be they just put seven or eight up in the box, but then when they start putting nine and ten up in the box, then... You know, no matter how, mu how much you want to run it, you just don't have the numbers. You know, you, you need to be able to throw the ball to win. You need to be able to throw the ball. So we're going to keep throwing it. You know, we didn't throw it 100 times, but obviously what we turn it over, we throw four picks. I mean, when, when that happens, you know, I, I throw out the jump, you know, the one at the end of the half. You know, I don't, that's really just a garbage one. But the other ones, I have to... You know, I'll have to see, you know, like the one that they threw to, I don't know, it was over on their right, our left. You know, I, you know, I don't know why the ball looked like it was intended for him. I don't know what happened on the play, so I'll have to wait till I see it. On the untimed down, did you consider going for the field goal? From the 37-yard line against a win? Not a chance. You know, because now you're kicking a, you know, you're kicking a ball against against the wind of over 50 yards that it, it, it wouldn't have had a chance. If we were going the other way, if we were going the other way, because that was this discussion, field goal, or, and I knew before a game when the field goal kicker goes out, we always have a discussion going this way, what would be the longest field goal they could try, and going that way, what would be the longest field goal they could try. But this one was far out of that out of that range. Montel is the best passer on your team in practice. Is it possible that 
he's not the best in the games? It's possible. I can't rule that out. You know, it's possible. You know, but uh, what I'm not going to do is uh, right after a game's over, you know, place to play. Blame on every, all the blame on Montel. I'm not going there. I'll, I'll go back and watch it and let the offensive staff watch it. You know, independently because you know I'm you know I don't push anything <coughs> on it. And then we'll get together and kind of kind of figure out <coughs> how to move forward towards West Virginia. How concerned are you about Montel's Coza, or uh, I mean, I was concerned enough that walking off at halftime, I called him over to talk to me. You know, because you know, he had just really, even though one didn't count because of the rough in the passes penalty, he really just thrown back-to-back picks. And I just said, forget about those two. I mean, those don't matter. Well, I go, what matters is this is 13 to nothing. That's what matters. You know, it's not like it's 38 to nothing. It's 13 to nothing. I go, let's go, let's let's find a way to score one touchdown to get it to 13 to seven, and then. Let the, let the chips fall where they may. Charlie, along those lines, how concerned are you? Just with the, all the players' frame of mind, they, they keep putting out, putting out, and they're kind of in it, don't get the, the joy of the win. What, what, where, where are their heads? That's a, that's a fair question because, what, what, you know, where, where's the, where, where do they get for all that, you know, blood, sweat, and tears? You know, and all I can tell them is, you know, this is what people do. This is what people, you know, that pit persevere do. These are the people that are winner, what people who are winners in life. What they do, they keep pushing. You know, because your only other choice is to quit. Okay, and I don't think you saw a lot of that out there today. You know, I don't think you saw that. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you saw any of that. Montel had uh, 15 non-sack carries. I know a couple of those were scrambles on passes, but... No, a lot, a lot of those were also calls. Yeah, I was just going to say, was it more a decision to, to involve him in the running game a little bit more this week? Or? Well, we felt that, that that some of the 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 runs where we have better numbers actually this week, um, were, a lot of them were going to involve him. But yes, it was a more con- conscientious effort to have him carry the ball more. It seemed like you guys really started having a lot of success running the ball when Texas had it, when it sort of their three-man front look. They, I know they kind of jumped between <laughs> Yeah, the they got into that odd. You know, they run it about 20% of the time, yeah. so they had mixed it in earlier. They you know, went into a little heavier dose of it right there, but uh, um, where there's now only three down linemen on the line of scrimmage, now there's a bunch more guys on that second level. Yeah. So you still got to go block them. <coughs> did, did this qualify as one of those slugfest games you've, you've talked about that you know you think you guys can? Be I, I think at? that this was a game that we thought that we had a legitimate chance of winning. Now, Kevin, every week you go in there, giving you know giving the way we need to play to win this game. You never go in and present to the team, well, this is our losing game plan. You know, so you say this is what we're gonna have to do to win the game, but we really felt against this team that we were playing, okay, that you know our defense would let us hang in there, and we felt that we had enough things that we could do on offense to move the ball, 
but we were going to have to play error-free as far as turnovers go, and we were going to have to score when we got in the red zone. Well, there's, there's the, we weren't error-free as far as turnovers go, and we got in the red zone twice, it came up empty. You know. On the defensive side of things, obviously we're used to seeing stuff like this from, from Ben Heaney and some of those guys, but Andrew Bolton had maybe his best game so far. Well, how, did, how did he play? Yeah, well, I'll have to wait and see. I know Andrew made a couple of big plays in the game, yeah. you know, but for me to be able to, to give, give you the exact answer on on how Andrew played, I know that I, I look at the defense more as a unit. Now we know Ben's our leader, and you know I get that and everything, you know. And but uh, I think the defense played very, very physical today, and you know they were, you know, Texas was trying to pound them, They're trying to pound the defense, and the defense, you know, hung in there pretty well. Along those lines, <coughs> have you learned anything new about your defense this far into the season, or is this what you expected? No, that I'll be honest with you, that's what I do expect. I have a lot of I have a lot of confidence, and I have a lot of faith in our defense. And and it really still comes down to the same thing. Okay, if we can't pass the ball more efficiently, you know, and score more points, you don't win games. How much of that can you use as maybe confidence boosting for the offense? Well, a lot of it has to do with having a lot of the same guys starting to play last year. Really has nothing to do with the offense. Well, in terms of knowing your defense is going to be able to hold up. Well, you play the game for a different score. Like we played, we played today to win the game. You know, in the in the teens or twenties. That's how we, that that's the game we were playing. Now, how many colleges go into saying? Hey, let's win a game 24-17. How many you know, people don't do that anymore? But that's that's kind of who we are, and that's that's again and this, their defense is pretty salty now. I mean, I mean, it isn't like you're just not playing a, a good, solid, athletic defense. But you know, like I said, moving the ball is one thing, but you know, putting the ball in the end zone is really what it comes down to. Does it shock you to say that, or to hear yourself say that three years in that the offense is? You know, 24 17 is who you are. I'm sure that's no, not what you thought when you got no, here. No, I mean, doesn't. I'm playing into our defense. Sure, okay. You know, when, when you're the head coach and you're looking at what gives your chance the best chance to win, you, you identify what your strengths are and you play to your strengths. And you try to minimize as best you can your weaknesses. That's just, that's sound fundamental football. Was he tougher to get you guys to move on? I mean, we 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 already asked you that after Duke, but that one was you know yeah, the, the score was this so is long, this is I, I know it's tough to imagine, but this is worse than the yeah. Duke game. You know, because in the Duke game, I really felt the team was embarrassed. No, I was embarrassed. The coaching staff was embarrassed. I thought the team was embarrassed. I don't think the team was embarrassed today. You know. I don't think they were embarrassed with their performance. I mean, there might there's guys that are embarrassed with their performance, but I don't think the team was embarrassed. Duke was dead. When you lose 41 to three, I don't care who you're playing. You know, that's it's a different it's a different deal. 
Well, it won't be a happy. It won't be a happy day around the office. That's for sure. And it won't be because it won't be because you're hammering them now. Because you got to show you. You got to teach. That's what we do. That's what, that's what we do. We got to show them. You got to show them the good things. You got to show them the bad things, and show them missed opportunities. And we'll do all of the above. Charlie Parr asked the perseverance point that you're, you're making before. Is there anything <coughs> you do a little more, sounds fancy, but psychological, isn't it, than, than X's and O's, obviously? It's, all, it's mostly psychological. You know, that, that the only thing is you can't do the same thing, keep, to, keep going to that well. Because when you do, then, then it goes in one ear and out the other. So I haven't, quite, I haven't had time to kind of figure out, figure that out. You know, I'll have that figured out by, you know, early tomorrow morning. That's a week-by-week week sort of thing with your message. Uh, it, it's always, the message is always the same. It's the, it's the presentation, you know. It's, it's different. Put it like this. In no uncertain terms, when I, the, when I finished talking in the locker room, they knew that that's not okay. You know, that's not okay. Anything else? Just with that, the same. I'm sorry, I'm probably not that horse, but that it's not okay is part of your point wanting to get across, but also you want them to have the resilience. I mean, that's how do you communicate both. Because I had already talked about the resilience before I got to the not okay. I started with the resilience. You know, after, after a loss, you always start with the biggest positive that you can. And that was clearly the biggest positive. And you work your way down a ladder, you know, which I hit most of those, most of those rings or rungs going down a ladder. <coughs> it wasn't happy, it was not a happy locker room. Anything else? All right, I'll see you Tuesday. Thank you. Thanks, Doug.